You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you it's more than just your output more than a bike Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 311. This is Crystal Loki. Oh, now I'm going to have down stuck in my head. Why? Because it's by 311. Oh, that's why I didn't say 311. You said, well, it doesn't matter. He's you still said, there? It's still in my head. What do you always do at 311 p.m. or a.m.? Do you not have that same time frame? I smoke weed in honor of... That's 420. Essay and peanut from 311 <laughs> that name's ridiculous 311 likes the weed i don't know if you know that or not sure but they do <laughs> i don't but they do is that why there's a doobie on our poster <laughs> i just said doobie <laughs> <laughs> do we have a 311 poster don't we i don't think so who am i thinking of in the hallway oh well so let's get back the to the show tones? no definitely not george clinton Mm-mm. he's probably got one <laughs> no We'll look later. We'll look later. Okay. Okay. Oh, and I'm Tom. (laughs) (laughs) You either already know or don't care. Yeah, that's fair. And either one of those I'm fine with. So we are two weeks out from our trip to Disney, which means we're three weeks out from our meetup in Orlando. Yeah. June 9th. June 9th at Splitsville. Yes. Which always makes me think of my ex-wife, because I'm like, welcome to Splitsville, population you. But <laughs> Your ex-wife will not be there. No, thankfully. So we're going to be at Splitsville, which is the bowling alley there, but it's like a hip, trendy bowling alley, because it's Disney. And it starts at 6 p.m. local time. Okay. We hope you come out and hang out with us. Yeah, we'd love to meet you. We'll it's... finally tell you which poster had the pot leaf on it in our house. <laughs> if we can find it. If we remember that long. Yeah. Because after we record these, it's a bit exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> One and of because us is our usually... memory is bad because of all the pot. And I'm going to go with, and my brain injury. <laughs> yes. I know. I know you love hearing that. <laughs> it's not that bad. I'm yeah. way better than I was. No, you've been doing great, actually. So we hope you come and hang out with us, and I'll be high on Disney. Yeah, you will. Yeah. 
And sugar. And sugar. Because I will have been... <laughs> five days in at that point, you five, will be... <laughs> I will be on a non-Metpro binge. Yeah. We'll probably be like, stretchy pants. Angelo will just be somewhere curled up in the fetal position, knowing the damage I'm doing. You guys, this week when we recorded with Angelo, he had gone to Disneyland with his wife. And so he was like, listen, I did an experiment with Ashley and we ate at these two places and we didn't gain weight. So it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Like, I'm like, slow your roll, buddy. You were there for 36 hours. Like... <laughs> oh, Angelo, that's cute. Yes. Pat, pat, pat. So anyway, what, pray tell, do you have in store for people this week? Anything it's... big happen? No, I don't think so. I think it was kind of a boring week. Yeah, a major, major rebrand. I have been dying to talk about this. So I'm so glad we finally get to announce it. Yay! Yes. So, yeah, because you've known it was coming for a little bit. I have. Yeah, they talked to you about a lot, good portion of it. They did. And I am so excited about this. We'll get yeah, into we'll it. Get yeah, we'll get into it. And? Oh, yeah. There are other, other things. things. Well, along with the relaunch, there's the row is now on the app. That's huge. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this new Peloton gym thing, which I also got to test. So I'm going to tell you all about that. Also, we're going to talk about the recall and what's going on with it because there's updates, not to mention the Tread Plus recall. We have a visit from Dr. Jen. We are going to discuss a specific person, why they keep losing and regaining weight. Dr. Jen had a lot to say about that. Whole bunch of in the news from the instructors, not to mention we have a visit from Angelo and we talk about how to lift heavy when you don't have a spotter. And then we're going to talk about all the things Peloton related, including a past guest update and a bunch of in case you missed it. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeart, TuneIn, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. While you're there, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Maybe leave us a review. That's super helpful as well. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the clipout. While you're there, like the page, join the group. We're always posting different things in there throughout the week. Keep you up to date in between episodes. If you see stuff you like, you think your friends should know, maybe click share on it. That's super helpful as well, whether it's a news article or an episode. Yes. Oh, yes. And don't forget that we have the submit a tip oh, yeah. function over on the website, theclipout.com. Just go submit a tip. We've got a lot of good stuff coming in there. For sure. And you can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the clipout, where for a little bit of money, you can get bonus content. You can get the episodes early. When we get them early, you get them early. You can also get them entirely ad free. So people seem to dig that. You can also find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash clipout, where you can watch these episodes. And finally, don't forget our newsletter at theclipout.com. So let's dig in, shall we? We shall. Peloton in the news. Peloton this week, as you have probably heard, has announced a complete rebrand and changing in pricing structure for app users only. Yes. Calm down, equipment owners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. Where do you want to start with this? There is so much going on with this rebrand. I guess let's treat it like dating and let's start with how it looks. <laughs> Swipe left. <laughs> uh, yeah. What a great point. Okay. So first of all, Peloton released a brand new 90 second commercial. I have to tell you guys, when I first saw this, I was like just so smitten with it. And <laughs> I was gushing about it to Tom. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love that you see movement 
everywhere. You see real people everywhere. I love that you can see what the app looks like in the commercial. I love that you see real people using the equipment at home outside in their dirty garage like I have a dirty garage like anywhere you have room it's great and my favorite part I think is how they show all of these people doing the moves on their screen and then how it relates to the moves in real life so for example lifting a weight over your head translates to a person lifting their baby over their head I love that I also love the guy in the locker room meditating because that's real life, man. That's real life. And this chick shadow boxing. I just adore her. (laughs) I do. She looks like such a badass. I can't say enough good things about it. But I think that the things that you guys want to hear is what does this mean for Peloton? This means to me that now Peloton is finally getting to show the inclusivity that we have felt as the members for years. We have felt like it's a place for everyone, that the Peloton can meet you wherever you are. And I think that this commercial shows that. I really do. Well, and people have said for years, why don't you see more real people in the commercials instead of either instructors or models? Models. Not to say that regular people can't be models, but you know what I mean. Don't turn it into that. Mm -hmm. And so I do like that aspect. And you certainly see people of what would appear to be all different socioeconomic stratuses as well, just based on the environments in which you're seeing them. So I think that's a smart move because people like to make fun of Peloton as being for rich white ladies. And it really hasn't been for a long time. And if you go on Twitter, which... I don't know that I'd advise, but it's a lot of snarky about that. Like, they're so dumb. And it's like, I think the thought process is we've scooped up all the rich white ladies, like, right? Like, we've maxed out. And when it comes to what their original goal was, regardless of the stock price, they have exceeded anyone's expectations. And now the path to growth is to become more mass appeal. So the thing that I wonder long term is just the idea of, I like the including real people, but I hope that this isn't a permanent pivot away from focusing on instructors, because I think ultimately that's the brand and that's what differentiates themselves from something like Apple Fitness, is that Peloton has honest-to-God celebrity instructors and nobody else has that. Nobody else has that. I don't think that it will, because as recently as the last earnings call, Barry said that the instructors are the crown jewel of the company. I don't think they're losing sight of that. I just think that they want to make it known that it's not just for rich white people, but also they want it to be known that it's not just a bike either. Right. They want to highlight that there's rowers, there's the tread that you can use weights, you can do yoga and bar and all of the things and that... You can also do it anywhere. You can be part of Peloton without having the equipment. For a long time, even the community was like, well, if you don't have a bike, you're not really part of Peloton. There was a time it was like that. I remember when they first started doing the app that there was this real kind of divide of, oh, you're just an app user. Yeah. I feel like the community has come past that. I really do. I think it's twofold. I think one, I think a good chunk of people realized that maybe they were sounded like a douche. (laughs) But I also think as there are more people who have the app. There's more people to push back. And it's like anything. The more people that you have in your life that are doing that thing, 
the more you tend to be open to it. So people probably were like, well, I have the bike, but Cheryl at the office uses the app and they stopped saying things like just uses the app and started saying uses Uses the the app. app, Right. And so I think that's played a role. And originally the app sucked. Yeah, it was really plain. It's come so far. So has the whole company. For sure. I mean, it was just a bike back in the day. And now it's so much more. And I'm just glad there's finally ads and commercials that show it's so much more. Yeah. And that really get that point across. Yeah. For years, the app was a legit afterthought. And apps are difficult to build and have them be robust. And so it took them a long time to get it up to speed. And I definitely think this is part of the Netflixification of Peloton, right? Yep. Like, I think that they've said that on earnings calls too. Like, yeah. hey, we're going to go after this segment of the population because we have said we're going to reach 100 billion users or whatever that amount is. Yeah. And this is a huge way of how they're going to do that. So, more to come on the pricing of that, but that is why they're going after the app users. Yeah. Let's dig into the pricing thing because I will say, I think that the pricing adjustment was a bit aggressive. Yes and no. I will also say I think the pricing of the app has been underpriced for a long time. And so I get that they want to bring it back in line. And I also get that they don't want to pepper people with price increases where it feels like they're upping the price every six months or every year. So I think what's going on was there was a certain amount of like, let's rip off the Band-Aid. And just get to where we want to be, and then we can leave it alone for a while. Because I do think in all the complaining that you've seen about the price hike of going from $12.99 to $24.99, I think people are losing sight of two things, which is one, if you pay up front for a year, it works out to 20 bucks a month. So that's not doubling it, like people keep saying. And two, it wasn't that long ago that it was 19 bucks a month. And that's what I wanted to talk about. Exactly. It used to be $19 a month. And it really is only a $5 increase for people who've been around for a while. Not to mention another really key difference that people need to really think about is when you have an all access membership, you can have several members on your membership. If you have the app only and you're paying for that, you have one member. In other words, if you have several people in your household, you might be better off getting the all access membership because you can have more people. Included. Oh, I think that's a really good point. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a husband and wife on it or a husband and husband or, or a wife or and whatever, wife, or husband and wife and husband, <laughs> however you guys <laughs> what, roll. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But yeah, like you could share that cost and might actually be a net gain for you. I also can't help but think. Most people love to share Netflix passwords. If maybe people, once they figure that out, if two friends at work are like, well, oh, let's, oh I don't think let's you go should. Back and forth. <laughs> well, I didn't invent that, right? No. Like, I don't think I'm really blowing anybody's mind of with, course not. with that. But it's a lot harder to do now because sure. since you don't use the equipment, I don't know that you really realize if you want to do that, you have to activate the bike every time you do it. So let's say we had two different bikes in two different locations and I wanted to use it, I would have to then activate the bike. Then you would have to. I didn't mean the bike. I meant. If you said you could have multiple people on an app membership. Oh, no, you still have. But you can't. That's the thing. The all access is tied to owning a piece of equipment. Oh, I thought that was the name of the. No. Sorry. Okay, so let's start at the beginning because yes. you kind of jumped way ahead there. I'm irritated. We got to stop back at the beginning. Okay. So first of all, there is app free. OK, so that's zero dollars. And everyone's annoyed about this because it only and I put that in very yeah. big quotes. 
it only has 50 classes curated around 12 modalities. So this is perfect for people who are just trying the Peloton app out. Yep. Like, I don't even understand, like, what's the free thing now? There isn't one. Right. Yeah. Shut up. I mean, I think you get like three or you do get a very, very small amount of classes, but it's really yeah. small. And it sounds like the goal here, though, too, is is it's not going to just be like, here are 50 classes and they never change. The idea is that if you were utilizing the Peloton app free, that at least the content's going to cycle. Mm-hmm. That's Wait. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. They said it will have a rotating set of featured classes that will be refreshed on an ongoing basis. They didn't say how often. Sure. But it is going to rotate. So yeah. like you take all 50 classes, you want to stick around. You can. That's an option for right. you. And I think this is also good for people who don't have like a place in their home, like maybe a student living in an apartment and maybe a dorm where they can't bring a Peloton into. This would be a good way to like add on to maybe the student gym. Like this would be a good way to do that. Then you have the Peloton app one. Okay, so this is for people who don't have a piece of equipment and don't necessarily want one. So you've got strength, meditation, outdoor walking, yoga, and everything that's included in the free app, the free tier. Plus, you can take up to three hardware based classes per month on cycling, tread and row. This is the part that people are losing their mind over. So this goes to $12.99 a month, $129 a year. I also think it is important to note, you can also have access to challenges, programs, and collections. Now, if you're a person that likes to do, let's say, Andy Spears, Total Strength 60, that's a really good deal. You are then focused on taking this program, this collection of classes. That's amazing. Now, let's say that you want to go up from there. Now we talk about the most expensive tier, which is what you were talking about. This is the Peloton app plus. This is everything on the app. No lane break, no scenic classes, but you get everything from the free app, everything from app one, and you get access to thousands of equipment based classes for any indoor bike, treadmill and rower. Now, it also gives you exclusive access to the classes featuring the latest specialty content. So let's say all for one classes, you'd be included in that, even though you don't necessarily have any equipment, you'd still be getting that. Okay. So back to your point, $24 a month or $240 a year. This is the one that I think is the best value for a single person on the app. But if you have multiple people in your household using it and you want all these things, it could make more sense for you to get a piece of equipment and pay the monthly fee. That's what I was trying to say. Okay, I see what you're saying. Especially now that there's so much equipment on the secondary market or you can get a refurbished bike. Like or rent one. Or rent one. It's not like bikes are $2,500 like they used to be. I mean, certainly if you want to buy a brand new bike and have the warranty and all that, for sure. Or for a bike plus, at least. If you have multiple people in your household, yeah, I think that is a very, very good solution. And also, I think people need to remember that not only is it not doubling it because it used to be $20 a month, but also people have been screaming they want rower content. You got it now. Okay, so you have to pay more. Yeah, you have to pay more. They have to pay for all these instructors. And don't forget, those of us who have the equipment have been paying $40 for a long time. On the flip side, (laughs) that's a complaint people have had for a long time, which is, I bought a piece of equipment and I have to pay more. I should pay less because I gave you all this money up front. Right. And so people have had that complaint for a long time as well. Yeah. So I get that it's sticker shock. So here's my question for you. Sure. Can you just buy a guide and do an all access? 
You can. That's so, a great so question. If, if your goal is to split memberships with people in your household, you could just buy a guide. Why would you not do that? Yeah. Like, that is an excellent point, Tom, because it's considered equipment. And then you could get the all access and then you could have everybody in your home. So, like, I really do think I know that there are people that are just like really upset about this. And anytime there's change, people are upset. Yeah. I don't care if it's the best change in the world. But if you look at it as a whole, I really do think that you can find a good solution that fits for your household and for your amount of people that are using it. It would make more sense for me to just have the app, honestly, from a pricing standpoint, because no one else in the household uses any right. of this stuff. But that's never going to happen because I like having all this stuff. Well, yeah, because you want the metrics to go along with the bike right. and things like that. And listen, that is something that's important to me. And I put a priority in our budget. And so that's not a problem for me. If it was a problem, I wouldn't do that. I would go to the app. So I'm not like saying people have to do that or they should do that. I'm just saying there's a lot of different ways to look at this. But I think when people calm down and they get past the newness of it, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to end up just staying with what they have. And they have until December. Like, they don't have to do a thing until December. Yeah, these prices don't go into effect until December 5th. And if you already purchased the annual pricing under the current model, that lasts until your cycle comes to a conclusion. I think those are really important things. Absolutely. To Nobody's getting booted off of the deal that they already signed up for. Yeah. Which is good. There's a lot of upset people on both sides of this. Like you said, people who've had equipment forever are tired of hearing the people complain about it. They're like, how way my price went up. The people who's paying $12.99 per month, they're really upset that it doubled. And yeah. I can understand when you just say doubled without taking all the things into consideration we just talked about. It does sound kind of whiny. Once you take all those things into consideration, it's like, okay, I get it. And now I'm better educated about it. And hopefully a lot of people will feel good about it. Based on what I've seen in the past from Peloton users, they get really upset, they get really loud, and then they end up doing it anyway. And I think that's what they're banking on. And I think that it's part of the Netflixification of Peloton, which is Netflix raises their membership fees, everybody screams bloody murder, and then most of them stick around. And now I will say Netflix had multiple price increases, and I think that they're starting to exhaust people and they are starting to see their numbers decline because of that. But I don't think that they necessarily see that on the first one. And I saw a thing, an article the other day about when Netflix raises prices, at least for the first few years when they were doing that, like 70 to 75 percent of the people who dropped the membership had had it for less than a year. Oh, so, so they were new and so, they felt like, uh. And it was also people that weren't as baked into the system and hadn't really enjoyed the content long enough to be like, no, I really need this to stay in my life. And it'll be interesting to see if Peloton sees a similar number. My guess is Barry thinks they will, because at the end of the day, would you rather have 100 people giving you $13 a month or 75 people giving you $25 a month? Well, here's the deal. I mean, Barry has flat out said this on earnings calls. You want to have members that are going to make sense financially for you. So if you can't afford this, and that's fine, like no one's knocking that. If you can't afford these new numbers, none of them, then you probably aren't a good fit for Peloton. Now, the flip side of that equation that is a bad look is that they launch a campaign about how inclusive they are. <laughs> that's fair. But there's a free tier. Right. I mean, no, it's not everything for free. Of right. course not. But it's there. Yeah. And like if you don't have the hardware to be able to take any hardware classes at twelve ninety nine a month is still a good deal. Yeah. 
I mean, I think that this is a good example of all of the instructors are always saying things like, make sure you know your worth. Well, Peloton is saying, here's our worth. Yeah. And their content is way better than anyone else's. It is. Like it other people is. were saying, I'm going to go to Nordic Track. Okay, you go okay. to Nordic Track. That is not as good of content. It's not as good of content and they don't have as much. I bet you their full membership probably looks a lot like App One. Exactly. Like that's, you're going to get very frustrated. Like the thing I always say when somebody mentions another platform, name an instructor. Right. You can't. I mean, there are people that have favorite instructors in other places, but for sure, but they they're exist, not. But they're not on the same level Peloton is. They just, just aren't. Yeah. And in some ways, to be honest, that's too bad because I kind of miss the days when the Peloton instructors weren't all up there. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I get it that. was it was a different time. I get and that. I miss it. But at the end of the day, I get what they're trying to accomplish. I get that they need to adjust their revenue. And I think they know long term, I think the thought process is they don't make that much money off the equipment purchases. That means certainly they get people to do the more expensive membership when they do that. But the selling equipment was never really much of a profit point for them. And so I think they'd rather drive people to the app and also think they know if they can get people into the app whenever it comes time to buy a piece of equipment, they'll eventually capture them because if you've been using the Peloton app for years and you decide I'm going to get a bike for Christmas or a rower or whatever, I can't imagine that person wouldn't make the leap and actually get the Peloton branded equipment. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, again, if it's a financial thing, then you're never going to. You just can't. That's just not in your. For sure. You can't do it. Yeah. And, but, but people's circumstances change as you get out of school and you get your first grown up job. But either way, I still think take that out of the equation. There's still more people that are going to join the app. Yeah. By doing it this way. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are predicting this is going to mean we're going to see a lot of people leaving. I disagree. I think you're going to see more people added. We're going to see a churn it's yeah. for sure. There will be people that leave. But I think long term, you're going to see more people added overall. That's just my take. It will be interesting to see, like I said, I see a lot of people screaming bloody murder. And I think the next thing you'll see people scream bloody murder about is when, the way I understand it, when the discounts for first responders and nurses and teachers, it only applies to App One. Oh, I did not know that. At least that's the way it appears on the website. Oh. And so I'm not the best, as we heard in the early part of this conversation, but that's the way I understood it. So I think when people figure that out, you will have more upsetness. But things people are digging is the fact that row classes are now on the app. Yeah, so many people were excited about this yesterday. This is pretty much, from what I can tell, the first thing that hit people's apps. And Peloton, they must have known that it was out because the banner started appearing everywhere on everyone's app saying, Peloton Row is now in the app. And <laughs> it was so exciting to see the rowing instructors. They were like, I get to teach my first class in the app. Like They were just so jazzed about it. And the whole... <laughs> Everybody in the community that's been wanting to take classes with these instructors that have different brands of rowers, they were so, so excited. So everyone agrees on that. Yeah, and that's something everyone's happy about. So I'm really, really glad to hear that. Absolutely. And finally, for the rebrand stuff anyway, the episode is not over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they have also a new feature called Peloton Gym. Yeah. So Peloton Gym, what it is, is basically you can take strength classes that don't have any audio or video component to it. It does have an instructional video if you don't know how to do the move, but that's it. It's not like you have 
Andy Spear leading you through the moves. You just have a set of moves that you can do. The brilliant part about this is now you can do it on any piece of equipment. So if you go to a gym, like, I don't know, 24 hour fitness, you can do the classes there. Or you're traveling. You go to a hotel and they have just strength equipment, dumbbells. You can do it there. You could do body weight stuff in your hotel room. And it doesn't even require as much data. So like a lot of the classes that have all the video and all the audio, like it sometimes if you're traveling, it's really tough to get those to play. And especially if you didn't remember to preload, not everyone can preload. Then you're sitting there like, I can't take the class. Now you can because it takes very little data because there's no audio and video. I think this is really, really cool. You basically start the class, you start going through the moves, and then whenever you're done with like the block, you just swipe to go to the next when you're ready. That means you can build in your own rest. They'll tell you, oh, this is a 15 minute, this is a 20 minute, this is 30 minute. Well, that's only that length of time if you follow the rest intervals they indicate, the amount of rep counts they indicate. But since it's you versus your machine, you can moved it faster. Maybe it's not timed and you do 10 reps of something really, really fast or you don't want to take the rest. Keep going. You can make it faster. And I love that about it, too. It's very versatile. Not to mention the fact that since you can use this anywhere, if you have certain goals that you're trying to reach, this is a great way to add in the strength without trying to search for classes. (laughs) Sometimes that can be really tough to be like, oh, I want to take a upper body class, but I want to work on the chest and shoulders today. We'll try finding a class like that really, really fast. It can take a while. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> and I think this is a great idea because you're hearing so much about people who are going back to the gym and this is a way to capture those people and still keep them in the world of Peloton and maybe get them to pay for an app membership that they can use on gym equipment. And a lot of people like to go back and forth. It's not either or. They might have a bike at home, but they still want to go to the gym for the pool or the Nautilus machine or what have you. I think this is a really good idea to make it something you take outside of your home. Agreed. I totally agree. It's a great addition to what's already been a great app. Because you got to play with this for a couple weeks before it got announced, right? I did, yeah. yeah. This was around the same time that we started talking to the marketing team, Leslie Burland's team, about the new commercials. So like when people talk about how long this stuff has been in the works long before they started talking to me about it. So they've been working it for months and months and months. And I think it's really exciting. They've put so much attention and thoughtfulness into it. And I know that they can't necessarily come out and say the things, but like hearing the excitement from the marketing team, how excited they are about it, that makes me even more excited. And to hear the pride in their voice about capturing what they feel like users want. And I agree, by the way, it's just really nice to see. It kind of got me back to like old Peloton day levels of like, (laughs) yes, this is so exciting. And it's fun to see all that. Same thing with the Peloton gym. People have been really excited about it. Moving on to other news. This happened like, I guess it's two weeks ago at this point, they announced the recall for the Peloton bike seat post. And last week we noticed that they were starting to ration or prioritize Who's getting those seats? And some people were upset about that because because <laughs> it's the yeah. internet. Because yeah, but they're prioritizing it as we saw with the Canadian recall, which we talked about last week. That in Canada they were allowed to acknowledge. We assume that this was primarily affecting people who were over a certain height and over a certain weight. And so because of that, they were inundated with people wanting the replacement part, which is good. But they're in the short term prioritizing who gets it based on their height and weight and their user profile. 
So the people who are most in danger of the seat not working are prioritized to be first. Get it first. Which, which makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. When the plane is going down, you put the mask over your own face and then your kids. So, But what I love about this is because some people feel a little entitled yes. to be first. There are people that went into their profile and started changing their height and weight so that they could so be they first. Could get to the front of the line. But in a rare instance of Peloton seen around corners in terms of how their members would react, they had said in their announcement, we're using it based on your height and weight in your profile from yesterday. So all so, those people doing that wasted their time. Yes. And good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cracked me up. Yeah. Like you don't need it as much as the other people. So let them have it. Right. Oh, goodness. So last week after we got done recording or like the next day, they announced that Tread Plus the CPSC had finally approved a fix that they could take to market a rear guard cover, and that is coming out for people. It is. And so you can order it now. It's probably going to be available in November if you still have a Tread Plus, which it doesn't seem like a lot of people do because they've all returned it to get their money back. And now they're complaining because yeah. they want it first that they will come out and fix it for you for free. So that is cool. You should have gotten an email. If you didn't get an email and you have a Tread Plus, I recommend that you reach out to customer service and ask them about it. I also would like to point out that the pictures that Peloton used show a slat belt that is offset from the end of the Tread Plus. That is not the way the rest of ours look that we have at home. I would ask everyone to remember that these were probably mock-up pictures and they might even be mocked up on the new Tread Plus that hopefully is coming to market <laughs> after the recall is done. Yeah. So I suspect... That we will see that come to market. I mean, I know it's coming to market because Barry said it was going to be back. Right. But I think it's going to happen after the recall period closes. So I'm hoping we're going to hear about that in it, December. It would almost have to, right? Because if they announced the sale of the new tread, people would just return it <laughs> and buy a brand new Which one. Which I have said since day yeah. one. So like, <laughs> it would make no sense for them to do that. The only way that could conceivably make sense and this will probably be the case, is that the new Tread Plus is going to cost more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm guessing five to 6000 Yeah. It might be worth doing in like essentially getting a newer Tread for 1000 bucks or 1500 bucks or whatever it works out to be. But I just don't see them doing that. I feel like they're going to let that return period expire and then they'll announce the new and improved Tread Plus because they're just going to get the last few sent back for no reason. I agree. There's no incentive to do so. None. But either way, it's great that it's being fixed. Absolutely. And coming up after this, we're going to talk to Dr. Jen. We have a listener who wants to know why they keep losing and regaining and losing and regaining the same weight. So stick around. Getting the psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. You may know her from VH1's Couples Therapy with Dr. Jen, or VH1's Family Therapy with Dr. Jen, or her long-running radio show, The Dr. Jen Show. She's written four best-selling books, including The Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hi. Hello. I have a really tough question. This is a person who wished to remain anonymous. She says, it is a she, I will tell you that much, that she has been, okay, I'll just read the letter the way she wrote it. 
Dear Dr. Jen, I'm hoping you can help me with something that has been an issue for several years. I'm fabulous at losing weight. I have lost weight between 60 and 80 pounds four times. I am terrible at maintaining it. I go four to six months really, really strong. And then sometime in there, I just stop and throw it all in and regain all or most of the weight until I can't stand it anymore. And then I start the process all over. I don't understand why I do this. I feel so good and I feel so much better, especially because I have two autoimmune diseases when I am eating healthy and getting in my exercise. Do you have any insight into why anyone would self-sabotage like that and how to break the cycle so I don't do it this time? How many hours do you have? (laughs) This This is very relatable. I think that so many people go through this. I think it's very identifiable. And I want to really normalize what this person will call her Jane Doe, what Jane Doe is going through, because so many people go through this. And to me, this is indicative of a few things. One is that it sounds like whatever she's doing is too extreme, that it's not something that she can maintain. And what it's doing is it is creating this deprivation rebound effect. And that happens a lot of the time when people go on a diet to lose weight and then they make changes. And look, you know me, I am vegan. I love fruits and vegetables. I'm all about the microbiome. And at the same time, I'm also a huge fan of intuitive eating. And part of the whole thing about intuitive eating is that all the studies show that if you deprive yourself too much then you tend to lose control around those foods when you are exposed to them at a later date. So what's happening is that she's being so restrictive, it sounds like, that when she has gotten to her goal and is starting to relax a bit, that very normal experience of, oh my God, we all want what we can't have. So all of a sudden these foods become, there's more energy on them and it's harder to be in control around them. And so you're more likely to overeat with them. And also, if you have been too severe in your diet, in your attempt to lose weight, you may have slowed down your metabolism. So the weight's going to come back on even faster because you may have been under eating and over exercising to get where you were going. So I think that it's really important to do a reevaluation of what allowed you to get that weight loss to really look at it ideally with a professional, someone who not only has understanding like registered dietitian of weight loss, but who also understands that kind of yo-yo dieting and that kind of deprivation rebound effect. Ideally, someone with some understanding of intuitive eating who can really help you to find a kind of a more moderate place to come from and also to kind of help you with the psychology behind it. Because also the other issue is that if, let's just say, and I don't know if this is someone who was overeating and that's how she put on the weight, or if she's someone who just has a slower metabolism or some health issues that have made it so that her natural set point weight is higher than what she would like. But let's just say she is someone who was using food to calm her emotions or using food as an emotional resource or to soothe herself, what happens when you take that away, if you don't learn new skills to replace that with, then you're going to go back to using food for those things. So it's really important. She may want to work with a therapist who has an understanding of eating issues slash eating disorders 
in order to develop new tools in her arsenal, if you're not using food to calm yourself and soothe yourself, what are you going to use that's healthy and not destructive? Because it's very common, I see a lot in my practice, when someone takes that away, well, then they start drinking or they start using weed or they start acting out sexually or they start gambling or they start shopping. It's kind of like that whack-a-mole, like you solve one problem and a new one comes up if you haven't really addressed the underlying issues. So we really want to make sure that if there are any underlying issues where she's turning to food, that those get addressed. Yeah, I was thinking when you started talking about it from that prism, it, it does sound a lot like someone who Maybe has some sort of addiction issue and they're when they're white knuckling it like I won't drink for six months and then the six months is up and they're off to the races. I'm like that with food. I am totally like that with food. If I have chocolate, it's like there's not just like I have a piece like it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I get that. I was once like that. I've talked very openly about that. I had an eating disorder for 10 years. And the first part of it was overly restrictive. And then it was a lot of kind of yo-yo back and forth, overeating, binge eating, under eating, all that sort of stuff. So I get it. Like it's very, very common. I wrote my doctoral dissertation on this. And also she may want to check out my app that's based on that doctoral dissertation called No More Diets. That's all about using the hunger scale, all about really tuning in and checking in with your body so that you are feeding it and also not using food to feed your emotions. Absolutely. She does sound like she could really benefit from that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all that. Until next time, where can people find you? On all social media at Dr. Jen Mann, two ends on Jen, two ends on Mann. Wonderful. Thank you. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away a hundred or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're a hundred percent polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles. For your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clipout listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to Gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R dot com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at Gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture, size. Yes. None of that with Hero Bread. No, because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs, they have like no substance to it. (laughs) It's like eating air. It is. And Hero Bread actually 
really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread. Like I did not feel like I was giving up something. I was surprised at how big each slice of bread was. Here's the real test of a piece of bread. (laughs) I didn't make a sandwich with these. I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Instructors in the news. It was announced this week that Allie Love is joining the Today Show. It sure was. And she is going to be doing, I can't remember the name of the segment, but it's something with love. I was, was going to say something with love. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, mornings with love. That's I was what like, it was. What would happen if her last name had been Smith? I know she would be in trouble. <laughs> she would be in big trouble. So the mornings with love is going to talk about things like mindfulness and meditation. And then she's also going to be in the third hour with Hoda and Jenna. And of course, I love the headline. I'm proud of myself for this. <laughs> Okay. Okay. But uh, I guess she'd been wanting to do this for a long time. It had been a dream of hers for a long time. Clearly, with the other things that she does in her life, hosting Dance 100 and being the spokesperson or whatever, the in game host for the WNBA. Yeah. She clearly wants to do this sort of stuff. And so, like, yeah, that's a good place to land. It was just a weird quote to pull and put right in the title. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. I don't disagree. Yeah. Just a strange one. (laughs) Yeah. But it's interesting. The Peloton instructor's career paths, because so many of them have this sort of media background and they kind of fell into instruct and being coaches. And now how many of them are pivoting back in some capacity or attempting to pivot back? Well, I just think it's funny that Jess Sims is also on there. So I'm yeah. like, what's that going to look like? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, what if one rating tanks and the other doesn't or yeah. vice versa? Like, <laughs> oh, yikes, that could get ugly. Cody Rigsby was featured in People magazine. He sure was. And he talks about his single life, his single era, because everybody's on eras now, Ah. after his failed relationships. And part of that is what he's going to be talking about in his upcoming book, XOXO Cody. And so they just kind of got into a little bit on that in the People interview. So you can check that out in our newsletter. Puma launched a capsule collection featuring Olivia Amato. We had talked about this coming, that it was going to be coming soon. Just wanted to point out that it has launched. So if you haven't already gotten your Puma gear and you want to make sure you get it, then you should. Also, it has OA on all of the clothing. So you can make sure and be branded with Olivia if you want to show your support. I thought it was for the planet that Green Lantern was from. No. No. That's a different thing. (laughs) There's like one nerd out there that's like, yes, that makes sense. (laughs) Bustle. Talk to Rebecca Kennedy about the benefits of hiking. Yeah. So Rebecca Kennedy does a lot of hikes on the tread, but you may not know that she also does a lot of hiking in real life. She. Oh, can you hike in real life now? <laughs> yeah. It's Believe so, it or no, you could getting, do that before get, you had a treadmill. It's that getting you could do so it. popular that people are doing it in the real world like Pokemon. I know. It's just crazy. I think they can even catch Pokemon while they're hiking. What? I know. 
But only the future if, is now, Crystal. What have you been looking at on your internet browser, Tom? What kind of smut is that? It's Calzedonia Italian legwear and beachwear. I'm so. just kidding. But what is happening with the straps on that? I don't understand. Like, is there one on her arm? Is it like keep it attached? This what is, is happening? This is from their new hostage collection. <laughs> <laughs> so it keeps her connected to that cactus next yes. to her. Everyone likes to walk on the beach in a bikini next to a cactus. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, back to this. Uh, Rebecca Kennedy. Not all sand is at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Kennedy talks about, though, how great hiking is for your mental well-being as well, because walking is healthy physically, but walking on an incline is also, and so is just getting out in the outdoors. So she talks a lot about all the physical benefits and the mental benefits of it. So good little article. Jess King is now officially a professional DJ. And there's that. According I mean, to EDM.com. I don't even know what to say about it. She announced that she was doing it a couple months ago and now there's a whole article about yeah. it. So I didn't read this. That's why I don't have a whole lot to say. Yeah, but she's now available for weddings and bar mitzvahs. <laughs> if you're, I really doubt it. If you're looking for one. I really doubt it. I guess it depends on how much you want to spend on that wedding and or bar mitzvah. I'm pretty sure <laughs> she's doing things like, what are all the festivals called? That's what she'll be doing. Gotcha. Yeah. Kendall Toole was on the Chicks in the Office podcast. Yep. Which is part of Barstool Sports. Yep. So it's about sports. <laughs> If you can't tell, we don't care. We love the sports around here. Right. Emma Lovewell was on the Sports Business Radio podcast. She was, and she was talking about sports. And business. On the radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just don't have a lot to say about sports. Sorry, guys. Yes. <laughs> Listen if you want to know what Emma had to yeah, say. So if any Kindle Tool fans were mad at us thinking we were sliding her, now you can hear, we don't know shit about sports and we don't care. Right. <laughs> it's just not my thing. Yes. We told you it happened, so you can go listen. And while we're making the podcast rounds, Jen Sherman was on a recent episode of Dear Found Her with Lindsay Pinchuk. Yeah. And so I read a little bit of the transcript. She's specifically talking about how she's been on Instagram lately and like her learning process, her learning curve of Instagram, because she does not like Instagram, didn't use it at all. And now lately she's been using a ton of it. So she talks through that process and she talks about like <laughs> some things that she found comical that she was surprised at. And so if you are a person who posts a lot on Instagram, I think you will relate to what she had to say. <laughs> and I will just leave it at that. Okay. Well, now I'm intrigued. Yeah. It she was doesn't funny. talk about sports, does she? No sports. Oh, okay. Then maybe. Why do you I'll, think I read the transcript? Maybe I'll listen. Well, but you read it, but you didn't listen. So I'm just trying yeah, to figure well, out. Well, I found this one today. Yeah. So I probably would have listened if I had had more time. But we had a deadline, Tom. Yes. It's like Saturday Night Live. They don't go on because they're ready. They go on because it's 1130. That's right. Cheddar talked to Robin Arzan, just more roundups of all the different places the instructors are at. Yeah. And, and this one was just like a walk and talk. They just kind of did some like general overview information and it was pretty short. So I didn't read this one either. <laughs> <laughs> She's been everywhere lately. Give me a break. She is definitely getting her money's worth out of her publicist. Yeah, for sure. So some sad news. From the world of Maddie Majacomo, his dog Luther passed away. Yeah. So I know some of you may not know this because depending on when you joined Peloton, but Maddie was in a relationship with Aaron Aronson 
And they had adopted Luther together when they were together. And then when they split up, Maddie still had visiting rights to Luther (laughs) because I just thought it was really sweet that they made sure that they both got to see Luther. And so Maddie posted today that he had passed away. I'm really sad about that because... Luther had his own Instagram account that I just loved. And I always would show Tom, look at Luther, look what he's doing. (laughs) That dog had such a personality. It was so funny. And this just makes me sad. Yeah. I like Maddie's last line of his Instagram post where he says, sleep well. It was your favorite thing to do anyway. (laughs) And I love that of Maddie's, Maddie's sense of humor. Yeah, for sure. On a more upbeat note for Maddie Majacomo. He will be taking part in Los Angeles Magazine's Pride Cocktail Brunch. That takes place on Thursday, June 15th at 11 a.m. local time in the Abbey in West Hollywood. You'll be on there with George Takai, a name I know because I am a nerd. And Trixie Mattel, who we often see over in the Peloton world. And I believe Cody had on his yes. Laugh Out Loud show. Gotcha. Whatever. And then I'm not familiar with Derek Warburton or Luciana, but there's some people that will be there as well. It's a panel discussion. So congrats to Maddie. Clip out. Joining us today, once again, <laughs> via the magic of ZoomTube, is Angelo from MetPro. He was just telling me the interrupting cow knock-knock joke. <laughs> the ever-forgetful yeah. from MetPro. <laughs> We're going with it. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Okay, so Angelo, we have a question here. I can't wait to hear your answer, too. It is from okay. Kathy Nash, and she says that she is looking for safe, heavier weight workouts to do alone at her age. She's 60. She does not want to get injured, but she lifts heavier weights. Like for a chest press, she's doing 125, but she can no longer start that move by herself. And she doesn't always have a spotter because she's at the home gym. What should she do? Girl, Kathy, I love hearing that. Buy a tonal. (laughs) 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 Yeah, tonal is great for that because you get the self-spotting feature. But she doesn't Uh have room for a tonal because somebody suggested that in the comments and she Uh, added info. (laughs) Of course, there is some benefit to the free weight experience, which it sounds like she's using and you're accustomed to it. So likely, Kathy, you're an advanced lifter. So continue doing that with the free weights. That's great for you, even as you reach your mature years, it's still a great way to stay healthy and strong. So this is actually a question I get asked often, and I do have some simple recommendations. The first one is just apply common sense and you don't need to be maxing out all the time to get a lot of the benefits. So simply adding a couple reps to your working rep range will usually make the difference between that, oh, I can't quite get it off the bar myself and being able to handle it yourself. So that's one strategy. Another strategy that I like even better is to utilize tempo work. There's a few ways to increase intensity. So you can lift a heavier weight. That's the most common way. I'm going to add intensity by lifting a bigger weight, more load. But there are other ways to add intensity. You can also increase the amount of reps you're doing. Of course, that does impact your physiology a little different if the rep range changes dramatic, but it does create intensity. The third way to increase intensity is to work in a different range of motion than your muscles are accustomed to. And so usually that's accessory work where you're not doing the big ticket squat, deadlift, bench press type movements. 
but you're doing more axillary movement. So that could be like a fly or a bicep curl or things along those lines. You can use a little bit lighter weights for those. And then the fourth way to increase intensity is to decrease your rest. So you do have to be cautious of that still without a spotter, but by decreasing your rest, you can still keep intensity in your workout. You'll get a little bit more cardiovascular effect, but you won't have to use quite as much load because with decreased recovery, you're not going to be able to lift as much weight. A fifth way you can increase intensity is using tempo. So a real classic tempo is three seconds up, three seconds down. So you can apply that to squats. You can apply that to bench press. In fact, most lifts that you perform, you can apply that. And what it will do is it will enable you to, with a much lighter load, maximally fatigue those muscles through the complete range of motion. So for things like bench press, Kathy, I would highly recommend if you're used to doing sets of 10 or sets of eight, use a lighter weight and do a three second count down, three second count up. You'll be amazed at how that will challenge you. And then save the heavier loads for those occasions when you do have someone that can give you a spot. Or if you want to show off. Or if you want to show off. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So this list isn't exhaustive, but there's just a few quick ideas on ways that you can increase intensity. One last one just came to me. You have obviously a squat rack, Kathy. Rearrange your workout so that way some of the lower body accessory work is actually the heavier load work. So for example, a step up, not a high step up, not something where you're stepping up into something really high where you can lose your balance but a very modest step up, like maybe an aerobic step or something like that, very functional lower body workouts. Add some weight to that. It's a movement you can really challenge your lower body without having to use a weight that you would require a spotter for. Then after you do that, you could go over and do your squats and your traditional barbell work with lighter loads because you've already pre-fatigued those muscles and you're going to get a very similar beneficial effect. So just a few little quick tips that you can apply, Kathy. I hope that helps. Those are great ideas. Absolutely. All very actionable. Mm -hmm. I had a quick question, a follow up, and maybe you addressed this and I missed it. But when you were talking about have less rest time, did you mean during the workout, like get back to your next set faster? Or did you mean have shorter rest days in between actual workouts? I meant during the workout instead of maybe two minutes rest between exercises, reduce it to one minute, reduce it to 45 seconds. If you really want to get cardiovascular burn, you could reduce it to 30 seconds. You're going to have to dramatically lighten the loads, but you're going to get a cardiovascular effect while you're doing your strength and conditioning. Awesome. That's good to know. That is a great question. Thank you for all of that. If people would like this sort of advice tailored to their own fitness journeys, where can they find you? Metpro.co slash TCO. And I think that's also a wonderful reminder that Metpro is more than just food, right? Absolutely. We talk about the food a lot, but there's a lot of expertise there that's not just food and nutrition based. Very good points. Thanks so much, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Peloton Artist Collaboration. The latest artist series features the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, this is another band I just don't know much about. They had that one song that was all over the radio that I actually was like, oh, I don't care about the Jonas Brothers, but I like that. I don't remember what it was called. I just remember it was on the radio all the time, and I liked it. 
That one song. That one song. It Thank was you. relatively recent, like when they did their kind of big comeback thing. Well, I know a lot of people love them. This yeah. is another band oh, sure, that, like, huge. they're huge. I know there's a lot of stuff that people love. I'm just not familiar with it. So I'm glad that, again, as I always say, <laughs> I'm really glad that they have a wide variety to have music for everyone. And it's not an official artist series, but they have a couple classes centered around Louis Capaldi. So did you do any research about... He's a singer, and apparently he does lots of silly things on the TikTok. Yeah. But he's a singer, and I think he's kind of known because he does not sound like you would expect him to sound when he sings. Like, he was a startlingly good singer. (laughs) (laughs) One of the people that, like, they just walk up and they look all like... How is that voice coming out of you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like uh, if I had a good voice, that's what would happen. <laughs> and what if I had a good voice. <laughs> but yeah, like the little bit I saw, I was like, this is really good. I was not anticipating that. I was not familiar with them. I don't know if it's a thing that like, because I'm more of a rock guy and it's something like the kids are into, or if it's a British thing and maybe he's just bigger there than here, because I'd never heard this name before, but people are going crazy for it. But they've got two classes coming up with what with Ben Aldis. Mm-hmm. And there's a stretch. And he makes fun of the fact that if you see the guy, he's not the sort of guy that you would think of as fit. I mean, he's making fun of it himself. Like, Yeah. He's and, not like a hard body is what Tom's saying. Yeah. yeah. And not more, saying he's not in fit. He's, he's not fit. But more he's, like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like a regular person. Yeah. But yeah. And I get the feeling that he doesn't do Peloton normally. And so he went and took a class because he was like, oh, my God, what am I? I watched a little bit of the video and he seemed like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm in here doing this. So I got <laughs> the vibe that he's not a regular Pelotoner. Got it. Well, I also have heard that there's some of his songs are like incredibly touching. That's just based on what people have posted over in the clip out group. That is just like amazing. And he's just awesome. Yeah. So I will say from the little bit of video I watch, I'm like, he seems like an insanely likable dude. Well, that's great. Yeah. Peloton Celebrity Sightings. Going from one Lewis Capaldi story to another. (laughs) Apparently, I don't know. He might not be going back to Peloton (laughs) usage because apparently... He hurt his junk on the bike. (laughs) Whoopsies. Whoopsies. You got to protect the junk. You do have to protect the junk. I love that he said, my goods are sore. I had a bruised gooch. I don't know if that's just something he says or if that's a British thing. I feel like it's a British thing. I'm going to need our British listeners to reach out to me. You guys know who you are. You always Instagram me. I would love to hear what you have to say about this. If that needs to be translated into American for us. But (laughs) I don't think I need a translation. I think I got it. (laughs) Well, or I guess more can it be or is that just a thing he likes to say? Okay. Like, is that something that collectively as a culture you've decided to call your nuts? Okay. Yeah. So you do know. You don't need a translation. Well, yeah. No, I like I said, I can. <laughs> it was just funny the way you said it. I can read between the cheeks <laughs> as to what's going on there. Because people always complain about the bike seat. I, I think, just thought that was your butt, though. I think he's probably maybe exaggerating a uh, little bit. Okay. It's probably not as bad as making out to be, but I don't know. He seems like he likes to just be silly. So that's what my gut's telling. I feel that all the way down in my gooch. Good for you, Tom. Yes. <laughs> Past guest update. So we have a past guest update from Stephen Little, who's also a former Peloton instructor. He has a new business venture out there. Yeah, he met a new girl. And so I had a feeling this would happen. And it did. (laughs) (laughs) So they have started range performance. You can get one on one coaching and you can figure out all the things that you need. I will say Stephen Little is 
definitely good at helping people reach their goals. If that's something that you want to do, like the one-on-one coaching, mm-hmm. then he's a good person I mean, for people that. People like newer members are even not so new members because it's been a while since he left. It was quite a few years ago at this point, but like he was in the world of Peloton. I feel like he was maybe their first big rock star for the community. Like people loved Stephen Little. Yeah. And they were super upset when he left. Definitely. So if you've heard about Stephen Little and you've never gotten to take a class because they've all been purged at this point, this is a way for you to go out there and interact with him. We also saw, we should mention, saw him selling his Peloton. <laughs> another one. Because he sold his first groups. one. He sold his first one way back when, but yeah. now he's selling another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. In case you missed it. So Peloton Studios has put out their This Week in Peloton post, and Crystal will now walk you through it. Yeah, so of course, the Lewis Capaldi classes, and those were out this week. We also have the Asian Pacific Islander History Month that I always say it wrong. <laughs> we have those classes. We also have the dance classes, the in the club classes with John Husking. And I'm not sure what the CRO series is. Oh, artist series. What is CRO? I don't know what that is. Maybe they're German because it's got a DE after it. It does. Yeah, it's a CRO artist series. So I have to say I'm not familiar with that. They're all German instructors, though, now that you say that. So... Interesting. Yes, a CRO artist series, German language. Oh, fascinating. There we go. Yeah, very cool. Also, Adrian Williams is celebrating three years at Peloton. Happy anniversary, Adrian. I can't believe it's been three years. I know. Where does the time go? Very quickly. Well, that's not where. That's how. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Peloton birthdays. And we just got one birthday this week. It's from Jess King, and she will be celebrating her birthday on May 29th. Happy birthday to Jess King. Make sure you send her all the notes. And she hired herself to DJ her own party. (laughs) She can afford herself. (laughs) Definitely. I don't know. She's pretty pricey. (laughs) And coming up next, we're going to talk to Eden Dranger. She is a big time writer in Hollywood. She wrote on The Unicorn for CBS. I think she wrote for Beavis and Butthead. And she's currently not writing for anybody because... They're on strike because the man's trying to keep them down. So we're going to talk to her next. So stick around. Checking in with the Peloton community. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Eden Dranger. Hey, Eden, how's it going? Hi, it's going. It's been a weird week for me yeah and a lot of other people but it's been okay but i'm fine <laughs> oh because so we should say yeah, uh, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll just dive right in that you are a professional writer and the writers are on strike Ooh. yes i'm a television and screenwriter and we called a strike tuesday at 12 a.m so i've been picketing most days of the week and i'm tired i've had like <laughs> i did a running class in the morning yesterday before i went out to picket I'm like sunburnt. I was out picketing until like five and I could not move. (laughs) You're like, no need to use your Peloton anymore. So (laughs) thanks for joining us. The Peloton did not prepare me to carry a sign for four hours at a time. You got to do them two day arms classes. There you go. I do them. I do them almost daily, but it does not prepare you for doing it with headwind and with honks and while talking to people and it's very in the direct sunlight. It doesn't prepare you. For, it's only 10 minutes. <laughs> I will also say in fairness, 
carrying the sign is is not a natural arm yeah movement, you have right? to keep it no, aloft it's, yeah it's not and like i like lean it on my shoulder yeah which now my shoulder hurts oh. <laughs> but i've gotten like now i'm like so used to doing it a lot of people you know i've met some people out there on the picket lines and it's their some of it it's their third strike their third rider's strike wow. there was one in 2007 yeah which gave us wonderful shows like The Apprentice because of it <laughs> and all this reality oh, TV. Oh, no. Uh, and, yeah, not to scare anybody. And there was another one in 1988. So yes, I, I remember that like... one. I'm old enough to remember that writer strike <laughs> because I'm a hundred. And one of the things I remember about that writer strike because reality TV didn't exist back then. And so what they started doing was they would take old TV shows and refilm them. So you had like a new version of the odd couple that came out and they recycled old scripts and they brought back <laughs> mission impossible as a TV oh, show wow. and they used old scripts. It was really fascinating. What are they going to do this time? Do we know yet? The things we're fighting for are like the reason why I think they're not freaking out because they're like, now there's so much TV I mean, I myself have so many shows I need to catch up on and I have not even seen yet. So there's not going to be a shortage of TV anytime soon for a very long time. That's not what's important. The important is that, is that if we don't go into production, not only do writers are out of work, actors are out of work, production crew are out of work, all the like catering companies are out of work. Yeah. Like it just trickles down to the rest of the economy and that's bad. And then so people are not spending as much money, which also... That's not good either. So it's, we don't want that to happen. And of course we want writers. And, and the part of it too, is because there's so much streaming things that you can watch now, we don't get any of it. We don't get any profits of it. It's not like in 1988 where like, if you had a rerun on a network, you got something like, I mean, with inflation, you got something like $8,000 per rerun. That could sustain you if you're not working, right. if they rerun your show, but residuals for netflix are terrible like yeah. i wrote on a show that w w was on cbs i got a hefty residual when we had a rerun and when netflix took it over and started streaming it on their platform i got like 200 dollars for it for like who knows how many streams like right because like they don't tell anybody work. there's no external metric to gauge for netflix you just got to take their word for it yeah, and that's what kind of what we're fighting for. And it's the same thing for actors, too. They used to live off the residuals, and now we're, like, not getting any of that. Amongst other, there's so many other issues. It's, yeah. it's becoming, it used to be a career, and now it's really hard to make it a career. Most, I myself was doing two jobs during most of my writing career. We're fighting for stuff like that, of course, and it's been very interesting to actually go to these studios where I used to work and, like, but it, we've got a lot of support. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of actors are also, also writers. So for sure, it's been fun to see everybody come out and support. And I'm very hopeful we will get what we want and people will get paid fairly. It'll just take a while. I think all the writers are going to come out of this very tan with beautiful <laughs> calves. So and some biceps so yeah, and slimming I, down uh, because they can't afford to eat. <laughs> well, no, people have been very people have been very generous. In fact, it's kind of I mean. People have been coming up and like bringing us donuts and Aww. stuff to try to help. But I'm like, this is bring us like granola bars or like <laughs> an apple. Like I'm going to get a sugar crash if they just keep giving me junk food all the time. <laughs> it's not sustainable. But people have been very, very like someone just like randomly came up yesterday and dropped off a thing of Starbucks. Aww. Like, a, oh, like one nice. of those big like tubs and like pizza. And so we, we're 
I want those moleskin like blister pads. I need those. If anybody's like listening and wants to help, we want those. We want healthier snacks. Um, yeah, I know. It would be great if Peloton gave us a discount during this time too. There have been local places that have been like giving us discounts. Mainly bars because because <laughs> you're riders. Which is funny. Yeah, it makes sense. We're, we're just who else? We have nothing to do. We're not working, so it's like might as well just get trashed and pick it. But yeah, it's like been interesting to say the least. Most of my friends know that I have a Peloton because everybody that has a Peloton won't shut up about it. Yes, yeah. I, that's the origin story of this podcast. Heck yeah, yeah, exactly. So when I'm complaining about oh I have to walk for another hour and they're like. Dude, you do like 60 minute power zone. Like, what are you complaining about? Stop, stop it. You do those like 60, you, you, I did a 90 minute like endurance run, like the only one they have on the platform. And they're like yelling at me for walking for an hour. <laughs> Again, to be fair, with a sign and headwind, it's difficult. And a belly full of donuts and Starbucks. <laughs> exactly. That's another thing, too, is that, like, no one's feeding. I think only Matt Wilford will go eat a banana while he's on a bike. But, like, nobody else eats, like, while they're, well, they also have to do it for 20 minutes. We, we have to do it. Our shifts are from 9 to 1 or 1 to 5. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a long shift. That is a long shift. Man, all I can think is, like, what a great middle school Matt Wilpers must have go, gone to that he's not scarred for life about eating bananas in front of people. Oh, yeah. I'm a runner mainly. I actually got a Peloton because I got injured running and I was told I could cycle. Oh, and I had Peloton before. I, I was a runner on a Peloton. I had a really great treadmill. I would do all the running classes and the strength and yoga classes. And then when I got injured, I got I got the bike. So when I was a kid, I got salmonella, which I, re- I recommend nobody get. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> terrible. When I had salmonella, I was so dehydrated from throwing up all the time that all they would give me was Gatorade and bananas. And to this day, every time I like smell a banana, I get like PTSD from being a kid and like being very sick. So I don't like bananas. So I usually fuel up for my runs in other ways. <laughs> I get triggered when Matt pulls up a banana for sure. <laughs> I yeah. get that. It's, I had mono yeah. when I was a kid and no bananas, but Gatorade. Oh. It was like nothing but Gatorade for like three weeks. And it just, this is emblematic of my life as a whole. True story. First girl I ever kissed gave me mono. That is, that is your oh, luck time. No. Yeah. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah. can imagine how scared I was to have sex for the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, <laughs> that, that'll scar you for life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, lots of Gatorade. So, I've been, do you know how you got the sal- salmonella? I think it must have, I still did it like afterwards, oddly enough. I was just way more cautious. I would help my mom cook all the time. Yeah. Like, and I was like four and I was probably just like playing with chicken and putting the gotcha. hands in my mouth. As, I was just like, please, as kids do. please don't say cookie dough. Cause everybody's always like no. cookie dough will give you salmonella. I'm like, please don't say cookie dough. I know. No. However, I did like, I became like such a hypochondriac kid after that happened. Sure. And I never ate cookie dough after that just to be extra safe. That's Even like, I remember story. once going to like a birthday party and eating a brownie that felt a little raw and sashimi ish. And, and I was just like, I'm not going to eat this. <laughs> I'm good. No salmonella for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't believe yeah, you. Have. So you said you've been a runner. When did you get attached to Peloton classes then? Like, how did you get into the Peloton world? I want to say like a smidgen of a pandemic a crossover. I was working on my first big network show was called the unicorn on cbs walter god and our hours were very brutal they were from like 10 a.m to 10 p.m every day 
like 12 hours. And like, I know nurses work 12 hours, but they don't work five days a week, usually when they have those kind of hours. And sometimes it would be even longer. We would be on set at two in the morning. It just depended. And my fitness, I would still make a point to work out every morning. So I went to the a normal gym at the time. And I realized that like so much time was wasted from me going to the gym, being there, showering, getting ready for work, driving to work, getting to work and all that stuff that I just like kind of wished there was something I could do at home very quickly or like even there was so much dead time on set. We would have sometimes hour lunches. I don't know why, but <laughs> I felt like just let us go early. So my friend told me she has a Peloton and I was like, I don't want the bike or anything. I'm not a cyclist. I hated spin classes. <laughs> Every time I took a spin class, I wanted to leave. I couldn't stand it. And I live in Los Angeles and like, it's yeah, we have soul cycle, all of the cycles. I was just like, I don't want to do this. She's like, no, but you could, you can have like the app, just download the app. It's like less money. And like, you could just do these classes in between your work. So it's like, oh, okay. So I kind of did it for that at first. And I would do a lot of like the arms toning classes and things like that. But I didn't use it really as like a main workout, but just like a side thing I could do. And then when the show wrapped, that was like February of 2020. Oh. And we know what happened in, <laughs> in March of 2020. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh no. And I immediately bought a treadmill and it wasn't the Peloton tread. It was a really, really good one that I love and that a lot of marathoners use. It's slightly actually more expensive than the Peloton tread. But I remember my parents had one. It has a lifetime warranty, which really sold me. And a lot of marathoners use it. And it's very, it's got like orthopedic cushioning and everything. So I got that when it happened and I like invested in that. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to prop my iPad and do running classes. Let's see if Crystal can wait. guess the treadmill. Brand. Okay. Is it a slatted tread or no? No. Soul. Silver. Is it the. No. No. Okay. Okay. It's called the Land Dice. Oh, I don't know that one. I don't know. That They're one. very small and niche. It's like a little mom and pop place. They make two kinds. They make the L7 and the L8, I think. And they're just, the L8 is slightly bigger. That's it. Now I'm going to have that but... song, Pretend That We're Dead, stuck in my head. Because <laughs> uh, L7, yeah, L7, L7, I song. got it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, 90s alt rock. <laughs> oh, no, I, know. I was born in the 80s. I get it. Uh, <laughs> I love it so much. It's not cheap. And I tell people, if like you're not a big runner, don't invest in it. It's almost $5,000. But if you love running and I love running, it was a good investment, hands down. And I just did the classes and then I got injured. Oddly enough, I got injured not running. I got injured wearing flip-flops and like walking upstairs oh, one day. No. And like I tore something and I had to wear a boot and for like six weeks and when I was out of the boot, I was like, I need to do cardio, dude. I'm like, I'm so desperate, please. And they're like, well, you could ride a, a bike. And I was like, all these people love the pelt. So I just like try the bike. And if you just like have the home trial for 30 days, you bought the bike. No, yeah, that's I why they do it. To know, <laughs> I would love to know who actually likes the bike and just is like, Nah. <laughs> like, I know. Day 29. All right. I'm yeah. good. I'm sending it back. Yeah, you know what? I had my fill. I'm good. People in a vacation uh, home. There That's you go. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. My house in the Hamptons. I decided I don't like this. Part. Please, <laughs> please come retrieve it. I know. 
So at the very least, it's a wonderful place to hang your laundry. Lots of places to put it. Like more than a normal bike, I have to say. I think there's more handles of the screen. Stuff. Yeah. Yes, there's lots of. And the screen totally. swivels if you get the bike plus. So it's like a little rotator for the clothes. You can. Oh, I sure, would, you I would put it on the bike on the weight rack thing on the back. There's I would be so could... upset if somebody hung clothes on my bike. I would be so upset. I would be mad. I'm going to start hanging okay, clothes. So my setup, it's funny. I don't hang clothes really, but my setup is, so I have a room, which is my gym. And like, I have a treadmill and then a mat where I can do yoga and weight stuff. And then a little further down, I have my treadmill. So sometimes, so if I'm on the bike, or if I'm on the treadmill and I like I wear a jacket and I get hot, I put it on the bike. <laughs> so that's the only way. I... That is acceptable. That is acceptable. And acceptable. item of clothing. Yes, that's, and that's item, okay. and it's while you're working out. That is totally yes. acceptable. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. So once I got the bike, and like to be like honest, I've tried taking some of the scenic classes and even like the lane break games. And I don't like spinning. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't like cycling. I like cycling outside, but like on a stationary bike that goes nowhere, I need an instructor and music to tell me what to do. That's actually, I would think I, the scenic part would maybe help since you like to be outside for it. I'm lucky that I live in a very scenic place. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm in the hills in LA, like not like Hollywood Hills or anything, nothing bougie. Like it, <laughs> people come into my, people come to my area to like hike. It's very scenic and pretty yeah so like there's plenty of areas but like i'm spoiled so like when i go on the bike i'm just like nah. you know? <laughs> i got enough of this today yeah. <laughs> i just like i did the real thing yeah when exactly thing and then you do like a screen it's, it's kind of like that's fair you know you know it's, you know, it's like feel the same way about coffee and getting yeah no fresh. i feel the same way about porn <laughs> so <laughs> we live in st louis missouri there is one scenic ride on the Peloton for St. Louis, and it's just a bridge. It's, it's the just, saddest thing you've ever seen. And then at the end, he gets mugged. <laughs> <laughs> I joke with my friends, my fellow friends. It's funny because I have friends in real life who I'm also part of this. I'm part of a sub subreddit of Peloton users, and I can explain why that's such a sub. In a minute, but like, and they're my Peloton friends that I usually will take a class with and hold me accountable. But then I have like what I call my real life Peloton friends who are people I know in real life who also have a Peloton. Yep. And I joked with them that I think we need a scenic route of Cody Rigsby in Disneyland or Disney World. <laughs> just, and not necessarily a Disney ride. Right. Just like a scenic route where he just tells you what's going on. We used to have this game for the Xbox that took place at Disneyland. And I would literally just go in and just walk around as a character. They really mapped out the park. And so you could just walk around and look at Disneyland. It was well, fun. Yeah. I also think it would be funny if Cody did that because I don't know if you saw his video. He did it Epcot. He went to each oh, like place right. and he was like oh, right. doing a tour of his drinks. So like, that could the world. be a game. Yeah. I could, that could be a thing. Oh, that, that, was, that would be I a would fun. That. Yeah. That, that yeah. would be a good Peloton ride. That would be a great yeah. scenic ride. I have friends that really don't like cycling at all. And all they do is just Cody Rigsby classes because it's all they can handle. And like grown ass, straight macho men. Yeah, that's who, funny. Or so they like, claim. They, just, they hate cardio, but like they love Cody Rigsby and they love that it, they just like, and they don't even necessarily like the music. <laughs> I don't like Cody Rigsby's music that much, but he's just very entertaining. 
I've been wondering, too, if he has writers. <laughs> <laughs> well, the but... Peloton instructors do have people that help them write. So that's oh, not... Really? Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Oh, I hope they are. Yeah, they're probably not in a union. Yeah, she's like, I hope they're on strike too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're allowed if they're not unionized. But yeah, I don't know the behind the scenes that well. I I don't know. I have so much. I have so many questions. Well, my guess is that they're not though, because if they were unionized, wouldn't they have to get a credit? Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, if they were unionized, they'd have to get health insurance too, and it would be a minimum. They'd have to get paid. It would be a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, Peloton's a very weird space. Like, I don't even know, like, it's kind of is like Netflix for fitness, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, in yeah. a sense. The one that got the same CEO now, right? Or yeah. this guy that used to be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Barry yeah. McCarthy, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know what you would even, like, if you work at Peloton, are you considered a screen actor? Like, I don't know. Like, Yeah. So they've invented a new medium in some ways. People haven't yeah. figured that out. Like, those details out right. yet. Yeah, it's interesting. So whenever you started working out on Peloton and you got your bike and did you find that you were having to actually like balance the two once you were over your injury? Like, did you want to get back on the bike or do you still have to like make yourself get on the bike and you always pick the treadmill? I definitely will not run every day. I would love to run every day, but my knees don't love to run every day. My body does not need to not run every day. Nobody should run every day. It's not healthy. So I kind of use it as a cross training tool. Like I used to do like, all right, two days of tread stuff and then one day bike. Lately, it's been more like a little bike, a little tread. If I have a big bike day, if I do anything on the tread, it'll just be like a walking class. Lately, it's been a lot of like, oh, I'll do this 30 minute. Lately, it's been really hard to find the motivation to even get on. Yeah. And I blame that just like on this, like, I'm just a little depressed with everything going on with the writer's strike and just like other stuff. But it's just getting myself on the bike has been like a process. So like, I really try to take live classes. Yeah, they're more fun and engaging. Yeah, but like live classes, it's like not always the length or the kind of class you want to necessarily take. So like, I'll take a 20 or a 30 minute class and then I'll supplement that with like a 30 minute hike or a walk and run or walk. I usually don't do a run and a ride unless the ride is like super short. But yeah, I definitely balance the two. I kind of have a rule though, that if I'm doing any bike ride, I have to do arms and legs weights. Cause it's like, it's right there. It's 10 minutes. It's <laughs> right there. <laughs> I love um, that. That's I have good. no excuse. Um, unless like I have to go. And then like, I've been trying to do more yoga. I've been kind of bad with it lately, but like today I'll def- I have the time today. I'll definitely do it. Yeah. So like, I definitely balance it and I go through bouts where I like to run a little more, but, and also periods where I bike a lot more. Like there, there have been times where like, I haven't been fully injured, but I could feel one coming on. So I'll be like, I'm going to lay off running and just do more bike stuff this week. That's smart. Yeah. So you have this super fancy kind of secret tread. Um, (laughs) So do you come from a family of runners? I suppose. Not really. I mean, honestly, I I did not like running in school. I'm short. I have short legs. When I was like a kid, like elementary school, I went to a tiny private reformed Jewish school in LA and we didn't even have a, like a gym. We like would play like handball on the side of a building and we would run laps around our school. That was our I thought private schools had all the fancy stuff. No, not this private school. We were like not that well funded. (laughs) But then when I got to high school, we had like a real gym, also a private Jewish school. But we had a real gym. It was weird. We have a football team. It was very bizarre. 
But I also was not very athletic. I really loved playing basketball, but I was not very good at it because I was so short. <laughs> I didn't make the basketball. Like I wasn't able to become athletic. And I just kind of always had this like kind of bitter. I liked to be active and I was always in dance. I was a big dancer and I liked doing it. I did like ballet and jazz and everything. But I just like, like actual fitnessy sports stuff. I didn't call myself an athlete until like much later in life. I only started to get to run like in my thirties. When I turned 30, I was like, maybe I should start like running. It's interesting and, that you love it that much though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm actually really inspired. Like a lot of the instructors, like Susie Chan is like an ultra marathoner and only started in her late thirties. And I'm like, that's amazing. It gives me hope. Now I'm 35 and I've done already two half marathons. I don't think I'll ever do a marathon because like that's a lot. And <laughs> they get you though. Experiment. It they, seems like they suck you in. Like people are like, I'll just, then you do a couple of yeah. the halves and you're like, well, maybe. You know, all those Peloton friends you talked about both on, online yeah. and in real life. Yeah. You'll be doing one They're for a bad you. Know influence. They are. I've, no, I've, no, no, no. I really don't think so. <laughs> I, like, they, think I'm like a, they think I'm a serious athlete. Because, like, I smoke them on the bike and everything. Like, I know I have pretty good output numbers, and I know my bike is tall. Like, but I think it's just because I, because of, like, my dance training days, I have, like, very strong legs. And very, <laughs> also, now that I'm just, like, walking every day on the picket line, <laughs> my calves are just rocks. So, like, I think just I come from a very athletic kind of, like, I was athletic before, so my endurance was always up. But, like, I definitely am more athletic than any of my friends. And I'm the one who's pushing them to do stuff. Like, oh, would you do this half marathon with me? It's not that hard, I promise. <laughs> like, it's 13 miles. I'm like, actually 13.1, but it's not a big deal. <laughs> that <laughs> like, means nothing after you've done the 13, right? <laughs> I know. I mean, it takes a lot. I do 60 minute classes, like at least once a week on the bike. And it takes a lot. I have to like really, and I want to do it with people, with my friend. Like, it takes a lot of energy and convincing to get them to on it. But they, they, they never regret it. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, when she runs her marathon, that's the only time where I'm like, "Can I hold your purse?" Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, he's I'll a put, good supporter. Yes. He's a good athletic supporter. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I don't have any support. So. <laughs> <laughs> So well. I'm curious, how did you embark on a career as a writer? That's not a, an easy yeah. way to no. make a living. It's actually it's still not right. it's not easy now. That's, yeah. why we're, that's why we're striking because it's so hard. I tell people it's really hard to get your foot in the door and it's even harder to stay like that. Yeah. Keep your foot in the door. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an actor. And I lived in LA and I tried to get my parents to drive me to these auditions and they did not want me to be an actor. <laughs> they were not very compliant. And I never got any part, so it didn't matter. But <laughs> I was involved in theater and I liked it a lot. And when I went to college, I started to do improv shows and a little bit of stand up. And stand up, that's basically writing your own material. Right. And I was trying to get jobs as an actor, but. I wasn't really getting them. And I also wasn't really liking the material that was available. And I didn't like the characters and everything. So I just thought like, I could probably write something better than this. <laughs> and, and there's not a lot of money in being a stand-up comic. Like, unless you're super famous. And yeah, unless you really lady. hit. And you got to do it for 15, 20 years in exactly. most cases before you're good enough to, to pop like that. Right. And I honestly don't have the callus 
to do that. And it's also very hard when you're a woman because when you go on tour, which is honestly, or, or on the road where you really, that's where the money is. Like in LA, you have to do it for free. But like, if you go like to like, people will pay you to come to some town in like St. Louis, know. you can say it. Yeah, you we can, know. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> like, I don't know, like Bakersfield, in, uh, like in California, like okay. they'll pay you to do that. But then you have to like go to an area you don't really know. And it's kind of unsafe if you're a woman traveling alone. And it's a grind. It's hard. So I didn't really want to stay that way, but I loved writing my own material. And I started a Twitter account where I would just put one-liners, just stuff I didn't know what to do with. And it got kind of big. And a big producer director followed me on it and sent me an email for my website at the time and wanted to have a general meeting with me. And I did not, general meetings are pretty common for writers. And I had no idea what a general, they call, we call them generals. <laughs> like I had no idea what that even entailed. So like I dressed up and like put on like a nice outfit, like, which is like, you're not really supposed to, it's, like, pretty, it's very casual. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he's been one of my heroes. Like I've, he directed Bridesmaids, you know. Oh, and Paul Feig? Yes, Paul yeah. Feig. He actually liked so, one of my tweets the other day. We've been good. watching the new WKRP in Cincinnati, <laughs> like the sequel series that they did in the 90s, and he's on it. Yeah. He has, he's, oh, wow. He's like just starting out as an actor, and I'm watching him like, why do I know that guy? And I, <laughs> yeah. with the credits, I'm like, that's Paul Feig. How about that? <laughs> he was an early adopter of mine, I guess. And that's awesome. It is. He's great. Yeah, my first meeting was with him, and I like came in with like ideas of like movies he could write. But like, he was like, well, what, I want you to write about yourself and what like you've gone through in your life and stuff. And I, you know, I think all it takes is someone you really admire to tell you, you can do something for sure to, for you to even try. I never actually ended up writing for him or working directly with him. So follows me on Twitter and still supports me, <laughs> but it took him telling me that to try. And eventually an exec who also followed me on Twitter asked me if I have any samples of work that I written and I sent him a script I wrote and he sent it to his friend who was an agent. And then that was how I got my first agent. And then that kind of snowballed to my first job. And then once you kind of get your feet wet, it's a little easier, but like, again, it's really hard. Yeah. So after that first job I got, I made more connections and I got my second job and so on and so forth. And I don't even know where it came from exactly, but it's not a normal trajectory. And I tell everybody who wants to be a television or screenwriter that everyone, it's kind of like breaking out of jail. Like there's a way to do it, but like once you do it, they'll make sure there's no one can get break in that way again. <laughs> like it's very difficult and weird and hard. And I mean, there are some people that like become assistants, writer's assistants on shows. And, but I know people that have been like writer's assistants for like 10, 15 years and uh, like never really, but mostly because they're good at it and it's really hard to get a good assistant. Yeah. You're so good at the yeah. mid-level thing. No one wants to move you up. Yeah. yeah. I, tell, I tell a lot of aspiring writers who are assistants to like not be too good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause you get trapped. So, yeah, I feel bad. I never was an assistant. I would have been a terrible assistant because I'm actually a very slow typer. <laughs> so like when you work on a TV show, when you go off to write your script, you, yeah, you type that. But like once your script is like turned in, basically, it gets rewritten to death by the writer's room. Yeah. And we all just like sit around a table and it's like projected onto like a TV or a screen of some sort. And 
there's an assistant who's at the computer typing everything that we're talking and saying and like putting it in the script. So like actual writing on a show does not involve so much, a lot of typing. <laughs> if you're a writer, at least. It's like Mystery so, Science Theater. You're just yelling at a screen. <laughs> kind of. We just kind of lay back and like talk to each other. Yeah. It's, it's, but you have like two, there's two people. So there's a script coordinator. They do script stuff. And then there's a, an assistant who takes notes of everything we've done that day and what people said and jokes that were good and jokes that worked. So I always joke, I would have been such a terrible assistant because like I, whenever I write a script, I like I write it and then I go back. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so many mistakes. I'm such a, <laughs> like, I'm so bad at this. Well, that would have been um, a good career move. You realize now, though. Yeah, exactly. Well, because <laughs> you'd have been um, too bad to keep in that position. So they'd have been like, just have her write things. No, I feel so bad for assistants. They get paid so little and they have to work twice as long as we do. And we work a long yeah. time and. I mean, they kind of have a union, but not really. It's not, ugh, no. I. <laughs> part of what we're fighting for even is like to make it easier for assistants too. Oh, that's um, cool. That's good. And also if anybody is listening and like wants to help out, I would not, people are asking, can we donate to the Writers Guild? No, we have plenty of money. If Writers Guild is very like organized and have a lot of funds to help writers if they need loans, but there is a foundation for basically the support staff for assistants and writing coordinators. And they're the ones that need help oh. because yeah. Well, that's um, nice that's of good. you. Like, that yeah. is in good general, to have. someone, that is- yeah, someone wants to help. Don't necessarily like, I'm actually really impressed. The writer's guild has like $3 million in like resources to like help writers that need loans to like, so they won't lose their house. Oh, oh that's um, awesome. I mean, that's the advantage working. of a yeah. union. Yeah. Yeah. Again, why <laughs> it's good to be in a union. Yeah. They'll, they'll take care of you. I'm worried about the support people. But yeah, that's kind of how I fell into into writing. And honestly, I'm scared I won't be able to stay in it because like, I don't know what else I could do. I feel like it's all like that and like Peloton. Yeah. I would love to be a Peloton instructor. I don't know what I would teach. I would teach a running class, but like I hate talking while running. <laughs> that's problematic. That is going to be a problem. Yeah. yeah that's going to. Which might be bad. Yeah. But it's funny because I always fantasize. I was like, I would do this class differently. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe walk and run classes would be good there for you. Go. Yeah. You that's just, good. Yeah. yeah. I could you definitely do that. Punch up a scenic run. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. They need it. <laughs> There's some other rides that need some punch up, oh. like actual rides. Yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> She's Loves throwing down. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a favorite instructor? It's really hard. It's kind of like choosing your favorite child, I think. Oh, I know which depends. one it is for me. It's easy for children. Okay. Oh, for children? Yeah, oh. that's, they all know. They all know. Yeah. Okay. So for like the platform as a whole or for each, like, you can modality? do each one, you each one. For cycling, I like Hannah F. She's probably my favorite. And then for running, oh, that's tough. I really like Matt. I love Matt for running. His music playlists are very chaotic, but like he's a really good running instructor. And I feel amazing. I feel very energized after his runs. Yeah. Interesting. Um, And what is your leaderboard name? Oh, so it's my name. So it's E-D-E-N underscore Eats. E-A-T-S. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. And it's okay to share with people? Like, you're okay if people follow you? Yeah. Okay. okay. Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and your picket line. Of yes. To yes. join us. Before we let you go, let everybody know where they can find you and all your things. Absolutely. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter, which is basically usually a lot of jokes. So it's the same name as my leaderboard name. 
But lately it's been just like depressing, like <laughs> very inside baseball strike content. But maybe it's funny for you. Like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of funny. I try to make it funny and relatable to other people. Occasionally there's a Peloton, like. That's how I'll I found sneak it. In, yeah. Occasionally I'll sneak in a Peloton frustration in there. <laughs> you can find me there. You can find me on Instagram. Same handle. Yeah. Come follow. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me. We so do. good talking to you guys. Well, it's been a blast and good luck with everything. I hope all the, thank you. the strikes yes, go well absolutely. and in your favor. So thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. You have a good rest of your day. Thanks so much. Talk to you later. Bye. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. Until next time, where can people find you? They can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and the Peloton leaderboard at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, facebook.com slash The Clip Out. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Clip Out. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling and running and rowing and apping. (laughs) 